competitive 40k network presents art of war art of war strategy and tactics discussions with the best players on the planet on the planet with your host paul murphy and expert coach nick nanavati Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Nick Bonavati, and I'm once again joined by Q Money himself, Quentin Johnson. I'm here. Let's go. That's the hype I like to see, Quentin. Uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, our road to LVO and how we're going to continue gearing up for it. In the first episodes, we kind of covered what those armies that we're considering are, why we're considering them, what we're concerned about with them, and how they generally work. Now we're going to talk about helping each other and coaching each other through some of these matchups, troubleshooting some of the theoretical problems that these matchups present, and uh, just generally helping us solve our problems in 40K and all that stuff. Quentin, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. How are you doing, Nick? I'm great. I'm great. I'm happy to be talking to you. I'm happy for the holidays. I know. Good, good times to be alive. So you've been pretty pretty 95% sure you're playing Harlequins. Pretty 95% sure. That's pretty 95% awesome. You're, you're concerned that there's some Thousand Suns and there's some Chaos Knights on your doorstep. That, that is very true. Let's, let's do it off with your Chaos Knights first. Let's help you tr- troubleshoot that one, then we'll get into your Thousand Suns. From there, we can segue mm-hmm. nicely to my Eldar, which is also struggling with Thousand Suns. And then maybe my Eldar can figure out Tyranids, and we'll wrap it up with my Demons from there. That sound good? Sounds great. Right. So... There are a few things in Chaos Knights, well, three things specifically that I am concerned about. The first and foremost is the dog hats, the uh, the rocket launchers. They're not great against other people, but against like walking one wound expensive infantry models, they're terrifying. You're talking about the the D6 shot havoc launchers that are indirect fire because across like 10 war dogs, that is 10 D6 going into your foot troops. And I run some 12-man troop squads, which is just six shots every time. Not for long. Um, so they're not gonna be twelve for too long. No, it's uh, it's not, it's not great. Um, they just pick up wounds real fast, and then there's a dog in there real quick, and then I'm taking leadership at you know minus four and minus three combat attrition, and then I, my twelve man squad goes to a two man squad, and I didn't get to commit it. So you have three twelve mans and five I have, five. I have, mans, right. The current plan is two ten mans and a twelve mans, and then five five mans. And those five five mans are all riding around in boats, right? That's correct. I guess the first question is, if this is such a big concern to you, what is the ramifications to just putting the larger units, chopping them down to, like, say, six mans, and putting them all also in Star Weavers with the saved points? So the thing is, um, the light list had an issue where sometimes you could just damage check it, because all of its damage was, like, you know... 16 narrow pistols and then 16 fusion pistols. And if you could eat that you'd, and like be fine, then you'd win. Um, the Twilight List survives because you have this 12 man brick that gets 6 CP and kills everything. It's like 60 attacks, auto wounding on uh, 6 to hit, damage 3, uh, you do like 12 mortal wounds as you like appear. It's crazy. Um, so I need the 12 mans to make the list function and they're. A huge boon in every other matchup. They're just a detriment to Chaos Knights with Rocket Hats. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So I know Harlequins have. Well, you said there's other problems to it. So before I start solving yes. this one, what are the, the other, other ones? Is the random nature of dread tests because, like, I have, 
I have an 8-inch movement and a D6 advantage, and that can be anything from 9 inches to um, 14 inches with the Harlequin Troop. Um, so normally if I move out and I'm like, cool, I'm at 5 inches to the CP reroll, it's a pretty guaranteed charge. Not 100%, but it's pretty close. Um, with uh, Dread Tests, if I fail it, then like, whoops, you know, there goes that troop squad, it didn't connect because that 5-inch charge became a 10-inch charge, and then we're in some real danger. Um, yeah, there, that's a chaos knight just mechanic. There's no really getting around not. that. Do you, do you think there's like something you can tech or some tactic you could use, or is that just like a? That's a, a just something I have to figure out. It means going for yeah. less risky plays, really. Um, right. Yeah. Right. It means getting as close as you can in exactly, the movement phase. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the last thing I'm concerned about is just the volume of chain cannon shots. It's just a lot of like strength six. It's really good into me. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's a weapon you're definitely vulnerable to. So I would even go a step further, Q Money, and add dread tests in general, like the the ravenous terror oh, shades, that's, especially. That, that, that strat is terrifying to me. If if they run the three D six pick the two highest guy, it's like not hard for them to average pick up a unit of five troops or four out of five troops. Well, the larger issue is my army survives on you have five obsec models on that point. I'm going to move five obsec models on that point. And they cannot reliably do that to chaos knights because they go cool terror shades, kill three guys or kill one guy. Um, and then all of a sudden, like they hold the objective still. So one thing twilight does really well compared to every other type of Harlequin is it passes damage checks. Like it you does. said, when it you just does pass when, damage checks. When you dump all your CP into a unit of, Harlequin troops, it, it does just murder whatever it's touching. So, can you? The knights have to come towards you because you have Harlequin secondaries, and, and that's just the nature of knights. So, they when they come at you, can you then counter charge, counter charge, counter act with five boots moving forward, move blocking these knights? Forget the actual um, contesting objectives for turn, give but 12. Move block them in the various spots, set up a board in LVO format terrain, which kind of choke points them to make this not super expendable or expensive on your resources, fire off 10, 12 fusion pistols, whatever you got packed. And then all of your foot troops just kind of move forward as well behind them. When I say all, I guess the largest squad you have is yeah. the one I want to move forward. And then you move that one forward into line of sight, cast a spell, which point of failure for sure, but cast the spell. Um, I think it was a fog of dreams that makes yep. you unshootable. Yeah. So you cast Fog of Dreams, you use the, the minus six inch range tech that you, everyone runs, mm-hmm. and then they're going to spend their turn trying to shoot boats out of the air and then deal with the Harlequin troops that are falling out relatively ineffectively because Chaos Knights are not actually good at aggressively killing a boat than five dudes. That, take, that takes like three knights to do, to kill one section of that. Yeah, sometimes if I get luck dice, sometimes it's four knights if you roll a little bad. like Right, and- right. So like you, you can kill like two of them. On your melted turn, I imagine. I mean, that's oh, yeah. dicey because yeah, yeah. fusion pistols. But you, you could do damage on your on your moving out turn. You position that 10, 12 man, whatever it is, right ready to charge next turn with, with five boats between you and the knight army, move blocking them. They're mucking about with these boats and these knight, these Harlequin troops, and the next turn you just hit them as hard as you can for 6 CP. So what you have described is my strategy into, into Chaos Knights, and it's worked pretty well so far. So uh-huh. <laughs> here's here's what I have done. There are three things I've done to make this matchup more palatable. The first is that every single model that can take a fusion pistol has taken a fusion pistol. So if the knight, 
like just runs at me in a straight line, they eat 18 fusion pistols and then I charge them, which kills a lot. The second thing I've done is I have Fog of Dreams on a Shadow Seer, which means um, that big 12-man troop, if I go first, um, doesn't get shot. Because against indirect, every target is eligible, so it hides behind a boat. And the, the Havoc launchers are good at killing troops. They're not great at killing boats. Um, so it can get a really advantageous position. And the third thing is I've decided I'm going to take Shards of Light on my Shadow Seer because Shards of Light plus Mirror of Minds plus two Smite plus two Phantasm Grenade Launchers into a Chaos Knight is, like, not bad damage. It'll cripple one. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the Harlequins do just put out some extra mortal wound damage, and that's, like, a phase yeah. which I love just in general. So here are the things so, that I, like, like about the Chaos Knight matchup is um, a Chaos Knight War Dog with minus one to hit, minus one to wound, minus one attack, is really bad at killing Harlequin troops in combat. They kill, like, two. Um, it might not even kill two. It depends what variant it is. If, yeah. it's, if it's the Stalker, which is the one that you're scared of most for shooting, mm-hmm. like, it, it's... There, there's a few of them. The, the Brigand's the one that just shoots. Yeah. Melta, I'm not that whatever. concerned about them, because they're only effective in one phase, and if I can hide, I'll be okay. Right. And then the variant that you're afraid of that shoots and punches... The only variant that shoots and punches that you're actually afraid of is the stalker. Correct. And that punches it doesn't have a sweet profile. No. It has four yeah. So like so you get two hits and one wound and I got a four up involved. So like you might not kill a guy. Mm-hmm. Um but generally my plan into Chaos Knights is with surgical precision, kill everyone with a chain cannon. Um boats are really good at tying up knights because the knights get two hits and one wound and I make a save. Um so they're really bad. Like I can tie up knights with boats. Um, and then the guys get out on the side of a wall, and it's just annoying for them. Um, so wh- where does this matchup go wrong? It sounds like you've got a great plan for it. With it, with a lot of thought, but here's where it goes wrong, um, is I move out on the go turn, I shoot all my fusion pistols, and they're very swingy, and sometimes they miss. And then that 12-man troop, when it goes in, I fail the um, fail the dread test. test, and it just doesn't connect, and then it gets picked up by train cannons. Um, yeah, the, and especially because that one probably has to go for a more generous charge, yep. just because it's got I, it's going to multi charge. I got to kill two or three guys to make the points back. Yeah. So the other thing I'm concerned about is the situation we're describing um, requires that I am able to like put terrain out and then move up into the terrain. But that can mean on LVO terrain, if it's a little bit lighter, I have to take a risk and deploy my terrain further forward because if I deploy defensively, sometimes I don't have the distance to close. So if they go first, they can kill the 12 man with the with their havoc launchers, and then a lot of times get a bead to another 10 man with chain cannons, and then I'm down to five boats and one troop, which means I don't pass that damage check. That's the scenario. I think you I'm need to prioritize taking your time with it. Mm-hmm. And if that means giving them a 12 twice, in a lot of missions you can afford to do that. Um yeah. in the late half. That's one thing I've been really realizing is a lot of times what happens is if it's if one player is getting all eights and one player is getting all twelves and both players are getting like two or three points on the mission secondary every turn. One player gets a 45 and one player gets like a 44 and it's just not worth yeah. it. Like the, it ends up being about the same. So like even going through the missions in order, recover the relics is a weird one. It's mission one. So, mm-hmm. you know, roll the dice with that. Then it gets to tear down their icons, which is one of those missions where you can very just let them get twelves a couple times, and you can make up those points, especially later on with bombs. If they're getting twelves and you're getting eights, that's okay for a little while. Yeah, and especially if you have bottom a turn, which is the the rough scenario here. Yeah, and then the in order from there is is data scry salvage, which 
It's a little bit of a different mission since there's no central objective. I think you can really control your three and give them their three and hammer and anvil it up yep. where they only have their board half, you have your board half, and that's a playable game pretty safely. Yeah, 100%. Uh, going through round four is Abandoned Sanctuaries. Okay, this one is... Weird. I don't like Abandoned Sanctuaries. No no, uh, Chaos Knights are actually very good at Abandoned Sanctuaries because they will just actually crush you in primary on this one. Oh, yeah. So I've beaten Chaos Knights in Abandoned Sanctuaries. The terrain format was more generous to my army if I was to play against Chaos Knights in that format than this one. I would say this is just like to try not to get Chaos Knights in round four. This is a really rough one. Yeah. Um... And admittedly, round four is day two, so that's you know you're you're playing someone who's of a caliber at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, mission twenty two is conversion, another five objective mission with an easy bonus. You don't have to stress about primary in this one. Yep. Mission, mission number six is scouring. This is just knights you're going to push in the middle. You maximum violence them right them right back, and hope one of you is going to get tabled fairly quickly. Yep. Mission number seven is Tide of Conviction. I think this is one you actually can afford to still even give 12s to your opponent in the early turns. Because it's not hard to actually just give them an 8 by just walking a little bit onto your side and holding your side a little bit. Yeah. And even if you're not getting primary effectively yourself, because they're giving you 4s or Mm 0s, you can very effectively table them because they're expending their rate of army very quickly into Mm -hmm. you. And then you you make up 20 points at the end of the game on on Tide of Conviction. Oh, yeah. That's good if you go second. And then... 32 and 33 are Death and Zeal and Secure Missing Artifacts. Both missions very good for sitting on your butt and scoring mm-hmm. primary fine while your opponent gets 12s. Yeah, I think it's um I think it's it's one of the ones where the I forgot the name, but where the secondary the, the primary secondary is holds the objective in your like backfield and you get a 45 if you just hold your two for like the whole game. Yeah, that's that's secure missing artifacts. It isn't. It is super easy. Yeah. So at that point, if someone's pushing into the middle, I don't. I let them have it because they're gonna get like sixty on primary. But that's the final, actually. Yeah. Oh, good. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope I can play chaos knights. Hope I play chaos knights them. I hope I make it that far. Me too. That'd be fun. What if we play? I'm not playing chaos knights. I would love that. I'd love to play you, Nick. Okay, so I don't think Chaos Knights is that problematic. I mean, dread and tests are dread tests. You yeah. got this matchup pretty solved. I think we should we should let's move it on to Thousand Suns. Okay, Thousand Suns are the like the one that I'm like really concerned about. Chaos Knights I can deal with. I have plans for. I've taken tech pieces. We're good. Thousand Suns are a uh, shall we say a five alarm fire for me. A five alarm fire. I've never heard that in my life. Really? You've never heard that? Never. Uh, Fifteen flamers to a five alarm fire. Let's make it a. A flamer, flame pun? No? Okay. Um, so here are the things I'm concerned about. One, a 10-man te- Terminator brick teleporting into my back line before I get a chance to move up and just mowing down something. Two, flamers are just really good into Harlequin troops because I have a larger squad that can be like, max shots, you're dead. Um, three, a lot of my army survives by wrapping things in combat, and a thousand sons have a perfect answer to that as they just mortal me to death. Um, 4,000 Suns have better passive secondaries-ish than I do. So I think the first point, Terminators teleporting to your side of the board and blowing you up, is actually something you want to have happen, and not the blowing up part. But tele- Terminators, 1,000 Suns want to make use of the fact they have a better secondary game into you than, than they do. And by throwing 10 Terminators across the field, they're kind of throwing 10 Terminators into damage land. And 
even if they go at the very tippity top, top of their range, extend their range 30 inches away shooting your boats, and you can't respond effectively, mm-hmm. what this lets you do is take what remains of your army, which is going to be a lot, because bolters split firing into boats is like how you don't kill either boat, where they pick one and kill it. Yeah, I have seen, um, I have seen them kill barely one boat, or split firing get two boats to two wounds. Yeah, totally. So it's not them teleporting over, getting on your site, your army, and your army's dead. Like you don't have that problem. Like Craftworlds has that problem. Yeah. So once they're over there, you can fall for what I believe is a trap, which is to just go twenty-two inches sideways and try chasing them because they're just going to teleport again and mm-hmm. shoot you continuously. What I think you do is blitz straight at their actual army because even if the Terminators now teleport back to their side of the board mm-hmm. they they have a yolo nine which can be screened relatively effectively and that's not helpful you've taken the combat out because rubric marines and flamers have no ability in combat no, whatsoever the terrible so then you, you make it a one turn game where they flame you very painfully and they smite you very painfully and you have your five up for mortal wounds from your la- luck at the laughing god and and you just eat it and i think from there you use your Harlequin tricks like Jeff the Duster and the Foot of the Future guy to charge 15 inches through a wall yep. to engage the Flamers effectively. And then you just go slaughter Space Marines in combat because minus one damage doesn't work in close combat and uh, you're just going to kill a lot of dudes. Oh yeah, Harlequin so I think that, pick up rubrics real fast. I think that's easy if they fall for the trap of teleport you to shoot you. What I'd be much more concerned with is if they just sit in that castle of I have a points advantage on you. Mm-hmm. How do you crack the castle? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've been giving a lot of thought. Um, and the Twilight Fan guy who goes 29 inches is a really valuable piece because he can do one of two things. One, if they have a specific psyche with all of their buff powers, or if, say, they only have like one malediction, then he can go and snipe out that squad really pretty easily by turn, you know, three or four. Um, if I bump the damage three, he can also go take flamers out pretty easy. Because he has a plus six inch range charge, I can put it to where only one guy can overwatch me, and then you can go kill a squad of flamers. Yeah, I th- he's a great tool for you. I almost wish you had a second assassin type character like that. Have you considered adding a solitaire to your list? Uh, extensively. He's one of the pieces that is the last piece of the puzzle. And the fact of the matter is, I just, he's kind of lukewarm. He's not as good as the Foot in the Future guy, and he's more expensive, and sometimes he just dies. Well, rather than replace the Foot of the Future guy, what if you replace a, a Star Weaver or five troops? Um, so I've thought about it, like, a lot. Um, I don't know. Maybe he'll help in the Thousand Suns matchup. Specifically for this, this matchup. matchup. You know, I, I totally understand, like, five boats, five troops, nice numbers, everyone's got a job, everyone's got a purpose. Is one of them cuttable, redundancy? You know, the boat on the fifth unit, they're going to get out and walk away, rock around and do R&D anyway. That's fair. Something like that for the solitaire for this matchup could be a solution. So what we could do is we take the, the fifth boat gets dropped, and the fourth troops, we lose all the weapons, and we just go down to... Um, like just a 65 point squad that's for like screening or whatever, and then we add a solitaire because he's not terrible into like thousand into chaos characters. No, he's he's good into chaos characters. Um, because they especially the thousand sons ones don't have all his dust, so they just are very vulnerable to him. So he, he goes in there, he, he turns three off, damage, he goes to if you go to three damage and you turn off involves, and you're like really making an assassination play out of it. Um, 
It's not terrible. He also has a really good fight on death in the chaos characters where he gets like 11 attacks at like strength seven. It can also just be, well, that can be really good. Can you do that in the psychic phase? Like if he uh, engages no, a character, they smite him out and he, then he murders them. You die in the, um, die in the, fight the charge. Phase. Okay. Yeah. Worth a thought. But yeah. He, well, he, if you don't blitz with him early, right, mm-hmm. you get him into that midfield ruin or behind all your boats out of line of sight where he doesn't just get smited out by targeted smites. He protects such a horrifying threat range, and the thousands in this player doesn't look at it like Solitaire could whiff, unless they're a crazy person. They look at it like Solitaire kills Aramon. Yeah. Oh, no. Foot in the future so, guy by turn three should kill Aramon. Right. And then all of a sudden, Aramon is like on the back, back board edge, which, you know, that's not the end of the world for the Thousand Suns player. But if you can, someone's got to be protecting him on that backboard edge. Now, five rubrics are back there, and that's kind of shaky. So you got to put like 10 rubrics back there. And all of a sudden, the Thousand Suns army is like not really where it's supposed to be because you took a solitaire. Okay, that's actually. I'm gonna start playing with that. That's a good. Awesome. Yeah. No, I like that. He's been like oh, the podcast is working. Whoa. The thing about the solitaire is he's always been like kind of mediocre. Oh, he's he's kind of mediocre. I'm not gonna lie. I I have played with a solitaire a billion times. I feel like there are some players out there like Cameron Canero who get their solitaire to do the Lord's work, and it's some sort of magical Jesus solitaire. Normal humans like you and I, Quentin, we have solitaires that roll bad and like die yeah. and don't do cool things. My problem so, with solitaire is he always gets like seven hits and four wounds, and then they make a save, and he kills three Marines. I get it. Yeah. I get it. The solitaire, I think, has got to be used as like a threat yes. more than an actual... Thing, and then he's still a model that can go get you deadly performance by being in their deployments on very quickly. He can. He's, he's still very, behind he's enemy he's, lines out of nowhere. He's good at that. He's, he's, a, he's a tool. You know, if you look at him like a tool rather than a beat stick, and people have to on the other side think of him like a beat stick, if you can get that, I guess, perception from their side quantified onto the tabletop, I think that'll be really useful. What if I dropped? Do we, how important do you think is the no overwatch dash jester? Because he's also been kind of mediocre. I think he helps a lot in your flamer problem. He does because he just turns off. Okay, cool. So uh, I think flamers thing. are too good to not to not have an answer for. Everyone's got flamers. I got flamers if I play demons. Don't don't let me tell you otherwise. Okay, so we're taking the solitaire. So the answer is we're going to cut a boat for a solitaire. That's because the boat is redundant. It's just more of what you got. The solitaire does do something different. It does. And it's it's helping you with your problem. The so then the question the is, does the boat make a difference in a, every other map? A 25-point model where sometimes he is very annoying to kill. Oh, yeah. A solitaire sometimes is like, I got three pimples and luck dice. Yeah. Um, if they don't have mortal wounds, just get tied up. I think my favorite um, solitaire moment was a turn one, I assassinated Baharoth. What? Yeah. Who, who's letting you do this? That get them in the yard of war coaching. We, we gotta talk to them. <laughs> yeah, he uh I advanced the Shadow Seer out, mirror of mine Spaharoth for three, and then charged a solitaire and turned off Involt and killed him. All right. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna show you how, how to play Eldar now. Moving okay. on. Okay. Um okay, my turn, I guess, in the ringer. So I also have a thousand sons problem. Um, similar to you. Okay. The uh, they have better passive secondaries because I have to turn Wrath of Magnus on with my Elder Army. Yes. Nice thing about my Elder Army is I actually have Doom and Jinx. So even if I cast it at the air, that's more maledictions than the Wrath of Magnus will score. Yeah, you also have a focus will deny, which is just very useful. I do have focus will for the plus two to deny, which is really useful. Um, the things that I find challenging in the psychic duel with Thousand Suns is that. 
they have very good ability to, if they know the matchup well, mm-hmm. and not everybody does. I've won it against thousands and multiple times. But if they know the matchup well, they understand the dynamic is that the Terminators can always just teleport in the, in the psychic base and blow up my army. Yep. So I've got to set up these screens. Mm-hmm. And then they have the ability to smite those screens out, doom bolt those screens out, whatever, in the psychic base. So then I really have to layer two screens or like layers of screens with respect to terrain so that however I layered it out, they can't smite me and then teleport and then see like swooping hawks and blow me up. Yep. So in that dance, they unlock the ability to very, very effectively take sorcerer's prowess. Cause I'm literally feeding you units as my strategy and grind and grind them down. Cause I'm feeding you units as my strategy. Now they could take wrath of Magnus and I can play the game where like I cast a lot of blessings and maybe more maledictions um, I hope they do. <laughs> they could take banners. I can interact with banners. This is their normal plans. But if they actually recognize the Elder Army's answer to the fundamental Terminator problem is sacrifice my army and and throw you thirty secondary points, I have no idea what I'm going to do about that. Yeah, I'm, that sounds like a your plan is a, I'm going to hope my opponent is worse than me kind of plan. It, it really, it's worked twice. It's I played it <laughs> twice in tournaments. It's worked twice. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, smites are very painful as Eldar, Stormbolters are very painful as Eldar. Um, The other elements that are challenging, just to finish it, um, because, of course, smites just damage me. The the Infernal Bolter is very bad for me as a data sheet. Range-wise, I lose this battle. Like, they have Armor of Contempt and Cover, access to minus one damage, then all is dust turns on. mm -hmm. I literally don't do damage at range. It's shocking how little you do. You do, like, actually nothing. Jinx them and reveal them and then get the sixes to wound to trigger to actually do meaningful damage on Terminators. Oh, yeah. And eventually, you actually can. Like, I have between shooting, charging, doing all that, I've killed 10 Terminators. But it is like, that's what happens if they put 10 Terminators in front of my army, mm-hmm. turn one, like with the teleport, and that's just what they do. Yeah. So good players, again, won't do that because they understand they have every other advantage in the world. So... What I have done aside from that is they have the 3D6 deny strat, which means if I go in for a doom or if I go in for a jinx, they can just shut it down. If I do my usual warp ritual quicken kind of a situation, they can just block the warp ritual by being guaranteed in deny range and 3D6ing it. Um, So even with focus will, that's very shaky. So even with focus will and fate dice, it's very shaky. So what I've what I've landed on is I have to play all the way to play this matchup. Okay, because that gives me a five of feeling of pain from the mortals, uh, which really slows it down. Does really help teleport. Um, it also makes plays on their end not reliable. Like it takes more than a calculatable number of smites to do damage. Mm-hmm. It also gives me access to the ghost helm, yeah. which is incredible no because denies. it makes powers undeniable. Yeah. So I can actually two thirds of the time force doom through or two-thirds of the time force warp ritual or anything through by using a fate dice, then rolling a three up, that will hit the nine when necessary. Is it, is it unmodified nine? It's unmodified. Okay. But even if I, like, if I just do focus will, plus it's my first cast on a guy, mm-hmm. I'm plus three to cast. Like this is Use a fate dice on that, I'm, I'm nine plus d6. Like, this is going to be challenging for them to deny. Yeah, so I got stuff going You're getting on. up there. Um, so I can actually com- combat with them on the psychic base, and this is the same plan for Tyrant. So I can now deal with the fact that they have 3D6 deny or Shadows in the Warp for psychic rituals, mm-hmm. dooms, etc. I'm uh, very likely to extend or, or casting ranges, so I can get range to fewer psychers or maybe added deny range potentially. Um, and with that, 
playing all the way, I've got to take like all the way units to my list. So right now I have like a unit of seven Wraith Guard with these okay. ones, which I've tell actually me, been in love with. Tell me about them, because I love Wraith Guard, but I found them to be bad. Yeah, so my unit of seven Wraith Guard with these size, I tried them because James Cowling actually came on this podcast not too long ago and convinced me to give them an honest shot. Um, in his Ultway army, he was running them. And what I find is people approach Eldar one of two ways. They can either beat them at a control game, which are the matchups that I have very bad matchups into, like Thousand Sons and Tyranids can beat me at control games. And the, or they just run straight at me and hope it works. Anything else really doesn't work no. with Eldar. So when they run straight at you, you you have enough screens to typically solve these problems, especially because Althway likes to run a battalion. Yeah. They have three units of five rangers. I love rangers. Um, having three units of five rangers is money. They all have shadow wire weave nets in my list. I've got a unit of shroud runners. I can do tons of mortals and slow you down, move block you right in the middle of the board with rangers, no problem. I've got access to restrain. I've got a lot of good stuff going on to keep your full frontal assault from working on me. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is people end up losing their screening units because Eldar is really good at obliterating screening units. Yes. And then Wraith Guards show up and then just like guide, doom, let it loose. And AP4 is very critical. Do here. you put them into the webway? Every single time. Okay. And then uh, if they play a control game with me, that's where I just put the Wraith Guard. It's still in the webway, but we're in a back-and-forth staring contest. That's when I put them in either with Fate Dice to guarantee a charge out of reserve with Ghost Walk and get onto the central objective, or maybe just plot them on a central objective if, nothing, if nothing's really there. I put them on a central objective, put them in cover if that's a match where cover is relevant, protect them, fortune them, obsec them, and now this requires such an immense response from my opponent, otherwise now I'm an Elder Army beating them on primaries, which is terrible in a control match, Yeah, that they really have to come out with way more than is reasonable for when attacking an Elder Army. That they can't just go back and yo-yo when they're done with their fly run, or they can't just poke a few heads out and smite my Viper away to get me off the objective. Mm-hmm. This is a commitment of their army. And when they commit their army to kill seven Wraith Guard, I get to hit them back as hard as I possibly can. Yeah, I... Wraith Blades are not great. I want to try Wraith Guard. I like this idea. I've been very pleasantly surprised with it. And then... Seven is like a nice number. I was very skeptical of like seven awkward taco. Yeah, seven but, is a weird uh, number. James said, try seven. He's trusted out a bunch of games, and I just blindly trusted his advice, tried seven. I was like, huh, seven. And I've tried it twice now. Quinn, if for no other reason, just trust, let, let the chain continue and blindly trust us, try seven. Okay. But honestly, it means like seven is the point where your opponent doesn't really want to attack them. Yeah. Because it's like way too much effort. It's not like you have five and you kill three, and it's like, all right, this thing doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. It's like you have seven, you kill three. It's like, that was a lot of work. And there's still. The resource is there. It's still character protecting. It's still obsec on the objective. It's still going to shoot me with D because I haven't done anything different. Yeah, just you give the, uh, the flamers. I give them all the flamers. It's damage one. A lot of people get turned off by the damage one, myself included at first. But it is such a volume of shots, it really doesn't matter. And then you roll so many dice, especially with Guide and Doom, that you get tons of sixes to wound on mortals. And then you, you get your free all the way reroll. So that converts usually you're wounding on twos. If you're wounding on tanks, you're wounding on threes. Yeah. You get like three, four sixes on the mortal wounds. If you happen to have a bunch of fives, you use them on like ranger sniper rifles because those are very high value wound dice. I love rangers into Abaddon. It's so fun. I know. (laughs) But all of a sudden, people don't expect it, right? This army has 
three units of two Warlock Conclaves. It's an Althwaist. So they're all plus one to cast. They have a variety of Protect, Jinx, and Quicken. Um, or I think they're Quicken, Quicken, and, and uh, Conceal Reveal. Mm-hmm. I have another Warlock with, with Protect and Jinx on a bike. He typically does the Warp Rituals, but sometimes he Jinxes people or protects the Wraithblade, yeah. Wraithguard. And then I have Eldrad and a, and a Farseer. So in any given turn, I can very reliably do like 10 mortals, 12 mortals in the Psychic Phase, because each one is plus one after the other mm-hmm. to cast that Smite. And then I shoot you. The Wraithguard are good for like four or five mortals. Have a few Fate Dice showing, take a couple more mortals. Well, why are we net in your previous charge phase if I know the game is going to go? Like, I, I can plan in your charge phase. You have a really scary unit. Mortal you in your charge phase. And then I'm going to do like 10 more in the psychic phase and do 10 more in the shooting phase. And all of a sudden, the Terminator unit's gone. Yeah. So I, I really do have subtle hidden damage, which people do not see coming in this army, which I absolutely love. Uh, but it, it makes me so vulnerable to Thousand Suns and Tears. I just haven't figured it out. Yeah, I mean, the how are the Wraith Card Flamers into Terminators? Well, let's math it out. So seven guys is 3.5 shots time per guy. So 24, 25 shots. Yeah, is that counting the Min Blast? No, so let's call it like 27 Sure, it's 27 shots. And then... You're hitting on fours. I'm assuming they got the minus one going, but yeah. you're re-rolling everything. Mm-hmm. It's a 75% hit rate. I'm going to round it up now to 28 shots, cool. so math is easy. Yep. So we got 21 hits mm-hmm. out of 21, 28 shots, okay. and you're wounding on twos. That's that's money, and you got a free re-roll. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get... Three mortals? Uh, fifth, you're going to get about 17 wounds mm-hmm. on 21 dice, and you're going to re-roll them for 18 wounds. Mm-hmm. And then on that 18 wounds, you'll get three or four mortals. Call it three mortals. Mm-hmm. So take 18 saves at AP4. We'll figure out what their save is in just a second. And then um, three mortals. Just one Terminator is gone. Yep. So they're AP4. Let's assume they're in cover. Let's assume armor all his dust is up because I'm damage one. And then they got armor of contempt. So functionally, I'm, I'm net AP1 mm-hmm. if all their buffs are up. So they're taking three ups. If I get either Jinx or Reveal onto this unit, and they only have one 3D6 to nine. Yep. So maybe I got one of them through. Then they're taking four ups. Mm-hmm. And if they're taking four ups, that's another nine more wounds, plus the three mortals is a fourth guy. They literally don't stop at all. So let's assume they stopped either Jinx or Reveal. Mm-hmm. That's, um, you know, four of them are gone from the shooting phase. I got a few wound dice showing. Let's pull a couple more wounds there. And then I got three warlock smites and maybe one other smites. So that's another guy, mm-hmm. two guys, three guys. Uh, like three smites and a couple mortal wounds from the world from the rangers is literally three more models. So yeah. right there is seven, six to seven terminators. Then I got banshees, scorpions. I got two banshees and a scorpion as my counterpunch. Yep. I mean banshees are the two damage banshee exarch is not bad into terminators. And and the mortal wound on the charge banshee exarch good. Yeah. is also good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not concerned with actually killing Thousand Sons when they pre- present themselves as a target. No, they, I'm they, genuinely concerned about a Thousand Sons army that sits behind walls and, just sco- and says, I'm going to score, outscore you. you got to solve this problem. Yeah, because you have to you have to screen them out. Endlessly. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to get tabled. So I'm really considering, like, I guess maybe making my army's footprint in one where it doesn't get tabled by Thousand Sons, but then I feel like I can't play primary because I'm so tiny. Yeah. Do you have any mm-hmm. D-cannons in your list, the indirect platforms? I have three D-cannons. I'm incredibly unhappy with them, and I want to cut them. I keep seeing people take them. I'm always so whelmed by them. I always find they're, like, whelmed. fine. <laughs> yeah, 
They are fine. They're literally just not that great. I have an ult where you can plus one to hit them. You can reroll hits them. I have defense. I have debuffs I can throw on the enemy. Like revealing cover does work on the D cannons. Jinxing matters to the D cannons. Their ult way they got the free reroll the wound. They showed this is the most buffs you can put on them, and they are still exactly as you said, whelming. Yeah, they're like okay. So I don't know what I'm going to replace them with. If I'm going to replace them, they're there. I haven't mentioned them one time because I don't care. They're, they're not reliable for anything. They're not. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, the list is 2-0 and o so far, so I'm pretty happy with it, but these are some problems. Tyranids is the other one. Let's talk about that. Okay. The big challenge for Tyranids, they move 28 inches, they charge me, and I, they have these two Flyrants. John's got two Flyrants. Everyone should be doing two Flyrants. Two Flyrants in player-placed terrain with double Tyrant card is absolutely insanity. You put the Tyrant card behind line of sight block and terrain, you put Tyranids in front of the Tyrants, and then all of a sudden you can't shoot the Tyrants. And then... You want to try to charge the tyrants? My elder army really doesn't, but maybe banshees and scorpions can get ambitious. He surrounds the tyrants and spore mines. Oh, so I hate spore you know mines. you you can't charge them. Good luck, harlequins. Good luck. You could not only do those spore mines detonate, killing your models. They physically exist. You can't stand in the spots you want to stand because they're literally there already. I I kept wanting to like missile banshees out or missile jet bikes out or missile dire avengers out. And John would be like, all right, there's six spore mines here right outside your ruins, so you don't get to move. Because yeah. your your eight wound model is gonna take eight mortal or your eight wound unit's gonna take eight mortal wounds, and then you're gonna lose it to spore mines. So what happens consistently is turn one, the Tyranids take their time, they play with their food. So they station up in midfield. And these two tyrants are like looming at the Zelda army. And they're like, hey guys, we can go in. We move 20 something inches, then charge you. And we ignore face caps. Yep. And Baharat's going to die. Mm -hmm. And we ignore, we just do mortals and we have 5,000 attacks. And then we're going to leave. Yep. So that's like this ever looming threat. And like you, you spend your entire game plan. You're like, all right, I'm going to protect my characters. I'm going to scream with like Rangers. The, ty the tyrant's not going to trade himself out for Rangers. That's a waste. Yeah. Um, and then. I'm this nice tiny little ball, barely holding on to eight points on primary every turn. And there's a Tyranid army looming at me. Neuroparasite's a whole different threat. Yet Flyrin can just fly right up and then Neuroparasite through a wall, kill like half of a swooping hawk squad. Oh, yeah. Again, why I need to be all the way for that five of female pain mm -hmm. against this stuff. Um, so that's another threat. But what really happens, and this is the part that I cannot figure out, is you can create this defensive shell. And you can hold on to your eights, and maybe you're you're jamming that psychic ritual through and passing quick and back, and you're actually successfully beating them at the psychic phase by playing all's way. Okay. And you know you've raised your banners, and you know so have they. So that's kind of a wash. But Tyranids are terrible, so they have bad secondary in your third one, and your Eldar, so you can kind of figure out your third one with like movement based ones and and backfield ones, things like that. Mm -hmm. So or, or just take no prisoners because they have a lot of wounds that you have to kill. So. They then encroach upon you with literally the entire army and say five plus invulnerable save and put female pain on like a unit of five raveners or nine raveners. Mm -hmm. Really depends on who you're playing. And then there's 15 to 20 raveners in your face. One of the flyers literally charged you, and there's warriors and there's 12 zone thropes. And Eldar, as, an, as a faction, debuff and kill and mitigate. So I debuff you with Doom and Jinx. I shoot the crap out of you, and then you're dead. Mm -hmm. And then everything else in your army, I'm ignoring it. I'm flying away from it. I'm teleporting after I'm done attacking. I'm move blocking it so it's tomorrow's problem, next turn's problem for Doom and Jinx. And the Tyrion army does not accept that. They just fly over your move blocks. They 
smite through your screens. They don't care. They and then they stat check me way too hard. Yeah, they're they're real real problem. The other thing is, it's not like the you know the ra- the ravagers are you know six inches in front of you and you get to hit them with everything and all the farseers are firing. They're actually you know eighteen inches away behind a wall, and they still hit you guaranteed because they move twelve and then auto advance eight and then like bam. So is there? I've taken maximum slowingness in my Elder Army. The only thing I can go further on for slowing Tyrion is down would be taking Jeff the Dester. But largely speaking, I have access to restrain, mm-hmm. as reliable restrain as you're going to get. Yeah. I have access to three wire weave nets and shroud runners. So I can slow these nids down. Yeah. Which I find critical because if you literally just let them run over you, they will. Mm-hmm. They really will. But it's still, I don't trust that as the solution. I need to do better than that, more proactive. So I don't know where I'm at with the Tyranid match. This is the one that's really stumped me. Thousand Sons, I actually think I know the lines of play. Mm-hmm. It is achievable if I if they make mistakes. Tyranids, if they make mistakes, sure, anything's possible. But like if they if they just do the encroach and then threat overload and kill plan, I don't know what to do about that. Yeah, no, I totally get that. <sighs> Open to any ideas. <laughs> no, I spore mines also just the spore mines everywhere and you have to kill them or else they start to like build up and then it's really bad. This is where the D cannons, like I can actually interact with those tyrant guard behind the wall and things. Yeah. But I feel like it's just such a long process to kill these tyrant guards. I'm never going to get to shoot tyrants before they've already ended the game. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not making a meaningful dent into raveners. What am I going to shoot three D cannons and kill like two of them? Cause I'm hitting on fives. Woohoo. Yeah, I guess I could be hitting on fours, rerolling everything, and then it's moderately threatening, but it's still not that threatening. It's like fine, or fine. It's whelming. It's it's very whelming. So, how do we? Is there a way we can engineer a scenario where we're outscoring Tyranids? We start off outscoring Tyranids typically. Yeah. Um, it's 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 not that I can't beat them in a passive control. It's that. They'll just rush me down and table me. And because they don't rush me down in the traditional sense of spending turns crossing the table, they do it in one big leap. Mm-hmm. It's it's not really something I can do anything about. Honestly, my head goes to taking ranger spam and literally just sniping flyrens. How many rangers are we talking about? Well, how many rangers does it take to kill a flyer? Probably 60 probably, is my guess. Probably 60? I don't, I, I don't want to run 60 rangers. I think that's kind of bad, but you know, my heart is open. So maybe it's not bad. It's 780 yeah, points for 60 rangers. Give them all wire weaves. Okay. They- <laughs> so that's another 60 points. Or it's another 120 points. <laughs> yeah. You could run this as 12 five minutes, and then it's like so you'd have hyper MSU. So 900 points gives you 12 five mans of rangers. In yeah, and they all have a reroll the wound each. So they're hitting on threes. There, I'm a, I'm, yeah. Reasons I'm hitting on threes. So 40 hits. Mm-hmm. And then wounding on fives. Fives. Okay. And then I'm going to get every unit's going to fail the wound. So every unit's going to get a reroll the wound. So I'm going to reroll 12 dice. Yep. So wounding on fives with 40 hits would be six fives, six sixes, and four dice left over. Um, so let's call that an extra wound, not a mortal. So 13 wounds at AP one and six mortals. Mm-hmm. That's already a dead flyer before I rerolled anything. Huh? That's pretty sweet. That's, that's pretty sweet. That's Clint. pretty fun. 
That's pretty sweet. It's, it's also <laughs> like no character anywhere is safe. No, I mean, I'm, oh man, Ranger spam. Is that really where I'm going to go with this? Is there this? a better craft that, for, that to take for Ranger spam? Yeah, you can um, you can keep your reroll the wound if you want, but I actually really like them in Swift Strikes because they can move, advance, and shoot. Oh, I I played Swift Strikes Rangers today, and they're amazing. Really, you liked them? What did you like about them specifically? Um, they're just like moving around. So shooting. I had a unit of Rangers. I moved it out thirteen because I had a six on the thing, and then I battle focus afterwards. I moved out, shot, yeah. and then battle focused. It was great. That is interesting. Yeah, I don't. What, what is it? This is amazing that this is where I'm at right now. But um, like like 15 flamers, 15 flamers is like a really big problem for for all these rangers, right? You're just gonna totally shoot me with flamers. You shoot one flamer and kill five flamers. Kills five five flamers. Kills five ranger squads. That's what I'm saying. Like one flamer model kills a ranger unit. That's not even crazy. If they're plus one to wound, that's like average. Yeah. Hate that. Hate that. So I don't know. It's probably not 60 rangers, but man, that was a cool thought experiment. It could be. It could be. We should put it right? on the table. I should build this list. How many rangers do you own? That's, those are problems for a different day. <laughs> it's, it's still 2022 over here. That'll be as a year away. Yeah. Okay. Aside from extreme ideas such as ranger spam, do you see any other way around this tyrannid problem? So you cannot out durability them because they do just kill wraith blades and wraith guard. Um, Mm -hmm. is there a way that we can kill raveners before they get to us efficiently? Yeah, yeah. the The best way to kill raveners while staying at at a safe distance from a tyrannid army Mm -hmm. is um scatter lasers. It's okay. Star cannons, those thirty six inch range weapons. I like star cannons. Um, you know, bright lances in mass can kill Ravagers pretty well. Mm-hmm. You have, you have a wall issue, but the nice thing about Tyranids is everything is kind of very large. So yeah, you can't if the Ravagers are behind a wall, something else is not behind a wall. You shoot the something else. Okay, what about? It's not bright lance spam. I've tried way too many times to put a point sufficient amount of bright lances in your list, and it doesn't exist. What about like a a what about like um what would it be star cannon spam? So, what are the stats on a star cannon? Two shots, strength seven, AP three, two damage. Correct. That's not bad. Um, it's not bad. I'm not sure how much a star cannon is off the top of my head. It's ten points like a on a warwalker. So it's seventy five points for four shots, seven three two. It's not bad. It's not great. It's not. It's very okay. It's very. The problem is after, like, let's say you take three by three warwalkers and then three vipers with star cannons. Yeah. And then you have like, like you're not making an army. You're just taking a gun as efficiently as you can. But like, you're going to run into like something that's all minus one damage or like, doesn't care about that profile. It's like, right, right, right. Like seven, three, two is terrible into Harlequins. My area code is seven, three, two on my phone. Oh, is it? Should I reveal that? <laughs> that? Um, oh, also for craft world Harlequins, I think a really bad matchup for you, but, we're talking about Tyranids. Wait, what? I was saying Harlequins are a bad matchup for you, I think. As oh, as Craftworld. I forgot about Harlequins. Yeah. Honestly, yes, they are a really bad matchup, but uh, it's not a matchup where I can't interact. It's a matchup where you're, you're faster than me, and that's a huge problem. You have better secondaries mm-hmm. than me, and that's a huge problem. But at least I can fundamentally perform my strategy, which is shoot you and run back to safety and exist on the table. Fair. Which, you know... I, I can at least play the game and look for opportunities while playing the game. Against Thousand Suns played properly and Tyranids played properly, I don't have moves. No, you just don't. The game is just kind of bad for you. 
Have you looked at, do you remember Jack's Mechdar list? I have. I have. I, I remember what we said in the beginning of part one about how you have to enjoy your faction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's me playing Mechdar, is uh, me being miserable all weekend. I got it. Um, I also don't, I'm not eager to make certain matches coin flipping, and I think it really does. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you've given me some food for thought. At the very least, uh, as far as ranger spam, I don't know that's an answer that will solve the rest of the meta, but I, w- I will explore what a ranger spam list looks like you know and how best you know to build pretty, one, and I'm really curious. Pretty Also pretty good in uh, Ra- uh, Ravener's one final thought is the uh, Hemlock Wraithfinder, because guns are like not terrible into them. Um, they're so expensive. They're so expensive, oh my gosh. You know what happens when you fly a Hemlock to shoot Raveners? You might kill two. And then Probably dies. kill one. You might kill two, and, and then it's so it dies in the psychic phase. Forget, forget effort. It just dies. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And if it doesn't die in the psychic phase, because the current player is clever and has moves on throws elsewhere to smite something valuable, the a flyer is just gonna eat it. Oh yeah, for breakfast. Yeah, depending on what round it is, it might be dinner. <laughs> and then I guess the last matchup that I am considering, only just for completion's sake, is if, if I'm still playing demons. Um, the Harlequin match. Quinn, you play Harlequins. What do you look for in this matchup? And and take it with respect to my specific list. So I'm considering Scarbury and Bloodthirster, um, Lord of Change. For reference, my Lord of Change is minus one to wound and pumps mortals. Okay. And my Bloodthirster uh, hits stuff and ignores the the negative wounds and negative hit mods and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scarbrand ignores invuls. And I got 15 flamers, 20 demonets, 20 bloodletters, and three nerklings. So I'm not concerned with the bloodletters because they just don't do damage to me. Um, and I can kill the big monsters with the 12-man troops. The bigger thing is I am reasonably more I'm reasonably faster than you. Um, and I can screen you out. And I will eventually be able to find and kill flamers. Um, like the foot in the future guy is good for one squad. And like if you want to use them, you have to come forward, right? Like flamers sitting on your backliner as good as no flamers at all. Um, so I think your issue is because you're so big and you're just monsters, I'm able to dictate the terms of engagement where like if Scarbrand's going to come out, I can move block him with like some boats and stuff. And if you want to trap me in combat, that's fine. I'm going to send a 12 man and he's going to go away in one turn because he's going to take, you know, 20 saves at damage three. Um, For sure. Yeah. I like your demon are scary, but I can plink them out. Because I think demon are the scariest thing, and you have, because you know the the Lord of Change will come up. He'll do some mortal wounds. He'll kill some stuff, and then he'll die. Um, do you think you'll just kill him like that? I think so. Yeah. So I'm imagining like Lord of Change playing the peripheries of the table, okay. not get, trying to get in combat with like ten man, twelve man troop unit. Yeah. Um, and then like he's he's mostly sliding boats and five mans and things that get out of boats, yeah. things like that. And I don't think he dies to any of that stuff, just because the minus one to wound goes so so far. And I blank a save every turn, so fusion pistols don't just get lucky through the three up. No, they don't. I mean, like, I honestly probably just ignore him and kill everything else. Yeah, that's viable. I mean, he he takes he averages about eight to nine mortal wounds a turn. That's that that's like ignorable. You think that? Yeah, it's not. It's not pleasant, the five but that's like but I'm trying to yeah, have him target. That's things like that aren't with the denies five. and the five up. That's like you kill one bow to turn. Yeah, and like that's a I'm very a very that. acceptable amount of damage for my army to take. Mm-hmm. Um, I think demons are rough because I can kill your big stuff and I can ignore your little stuff, and I have ways to deal with flamers. 
Yeah, this, it's really like you have an answer for everything my faction presents, yeah. which is unfortunate. The, um, do you try? The mirror, do you try to kill the face cap thirster? Um, I think what I do is he gets shot at for a couple of turns. You know what I mean? Like if I shoot five boats at you, you probably take like four damage. Yeah, if I don't have feeling pain. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then like you walk forward, and then I shoot you again with five boats, and you take like four more damage. And then I probably shoot you with pistols for four damage, and now you're at twelve, and then you have eight left, and I charge you and I kill you. Mm-hmm. That's been my experience <laughs> with the face cap bloodthirsty. Is I can just kind of. I think my approach to playing against you would be to deep strike Scarbrand and the bloodthirster, and just try to hit you in a place on turn two where a nice chunky twelve man, ten man unit cannot counter strike either of those. And if that doesn't exist, because your army is so tightly wrapped in itself, then I actually control a lot of the table, and I don't have to bring anything in. I can just keep that existence. Unless you like bring a ball of Harlequins to the center of the board, and then I just have to hit you as hard as I can with everything and hope that that works, yeah. which I guess might not work. I think I, think I win the Glom matchup. Probably. Minus- if, you, if you don't address Flamers beforehand, I might win it. Correct. But if you like kill a couple Flamers and then try to Glom me, that's rough. Yeah. Because I, I, the foot in the future guy will, if he won't kill a squad, he'll tie one up. And because I pile in five, it's actually pretty easy to like do a weird pile in wheel around and tag flamers, like easier than you think. Um, yeah. So the pile I, in, there's so many tricks in Harlequins. My flamers will just always be engaged once we're in combat. Exactly. Once our armies have connected. I think that is probably your move. I think honestly, you need to prioritize keeping your demonette safe. And any possible opportunity you can get your demon nuts into a 12-man troop, you go for it. So that's pretty much my plan, yeah. right? So like Scarbland, Bloodthirster, and probably all 40 of my demon nuts and Bloodletters. Maybe I deploy one Bloodletter just so I have troops on board yeah. for Hobsec. And they don't really help in that match. No, and they don't do anything. Deploy like the Lord of Change and like one Flamer or two Flamers to keep you honest. Mm-hmm. And then keep the Flamers super far back so you don't just kill them. And then turn two, try to come out. Well, basically scare you with my reserve, so you're, you're respectful for as long as you can. I can get you to be respectful. And then once you decide to come at me, I just hit hit you with my hammer and see what happens. But I, I really hate that plan. It's not a not an awesome plan, and I think I can counter it by like creative positioning and like making sure the right squads are out front and that sort of thing. Right, right. So. The Demon vs. Harlequin match at least leaves a lot of room for both armies. Can skill, they're, they're skill-based armies where both players are playing chess with each other. 100%, I think you do have yeah. a lot of advantages. But like, I can shut down your Psychic Secondaries, which yep. if I do that enough times will be very helpful. Mm-hmm. It's very annoying. Um, I can tear down your banners very effectively. You could do the same to me. So you know, that's a bit of a wash. We're actually very good at killing each other's scores. And then... Yeah. Um, it, I think because we're so good at actually destroying the scoreboard, neither of us will try to play a scoreboard style game. No, my plan is we'll, I'm my plan yeah. for demons is a violent style game. Right. Yeah. And I, I, that's what I'm trying to not have happen. So I need to better tech my list to be violent into Harlequins, which could literally just be adding a lot more demon I think it might be the answer. Demon are what I'm most afraid of in your army. Like more than flamers, probably. The the reason I have bloodletters is because in my version I have corn warp storm, so I have a lot of trap plays that twenty bloodletters opens up, mm-hmm. and I have uh you know, Scarbrand plus Warpstorm, these are four attack bloodletters. What's, what's the AP on um, uh, Demonets? Two. Yeah, I mean, also, like, uh, bloodletters are better into, like, Marines and stuff. Yeah, bloodletters 
are key into Blood Angels because Demonettes will bounce off Sanguinary Guard for weeks. Oh yeah, they do nothing. Um, but a, a four attack Bloodletter will actually Just like smack some yeah. Sanguinary Guard. So I like the one to one ratio Bloodletters to Demonettes. Um, I, I think just generally they solve problems differently, mm-hmm. but they are the same unit yeah. in, in concept. Um, but I think my Harlequin match is one that warrants more demonettes because it's just a little soft. Because you want to kill me, and yes. I need to fight back. And, and like, I, if I you be if you commit back. demonettes and I screen you out, and like I get some shots on boats, then you have a five man troop, and I charge you and do five mortals in the charge phase, and you're dead. Then like, like I can kill the demonettes. Like I can kill twenty. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, um, the nice thing is the the demonettes start in deep strike, so they connect with at least twice, as long as I don't fail my charges. Yeah. Um, and then with once once on turn two, once on three, one CP reroll all hits and wounds for each of them. That's a ludicrous amount of damage you you just have to take. Oh but, yeah, I know that's two big squads done. Yeah, you know, I, then I'm out, and you still have thirty troops in your list, so I need to yeah. do better. Because they're missiles. Because believe me, when they are on the table, they are priority target number one. For sure. Yeah. And I don't even well, have to commit uh, much to them because I, I also get four rules to hit and wound. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Well, Quentin, has this conversation left you with any better insights for how to approach LVO? Do you feel better after this this two hour adventure we had? I actually really do. Um, That's great. We're Me gonna, too. We're, we're going to go on a solitaire adventure. Um, good, good. And we're going to see. I hope, see I, Thousand Suns matchup. I hope you knock a Thousand Suns player out for me. That's the goal. That's the plan. I mean, like, I don't think it's so bad that, like, I'm like, oh my God, I just lose automatically to Thousand Suns. Um, but I think I can, I can definitely outplay a Thousand Suns player. I'm concerned about, you know, like a, a Thousand Suns player who is as good or better than me. Right. Yeah. Who isn't? I'm going to consider what 60 Rangers looks like in an Eldar army. <laughs> Maybe 45 is more reasonable. Probably. But I don't know. I mean, Rangers Probably. plus Doom, where you just fish for sixes, is kind of a lot of mortals. Oh, yeah. I'll kill a knight with Rangers if I have Doom up. That thing is dead. It's crazy, actually. This is a look. You got me thinking. I could put a webway gate in here, and then like reserve nine squads of rangers for one command point. That is a legitimate move. And then like turn two, like ranger time. Um, so you got me thinking, Kimani. You really got me thinking. Okay, I like this. We're gonna leave it off there, everybody. Have a happy holidays. We're gonna take a week off of the podcast. Please don't unsubscribe because of it. But everyone's gotta spend some time with the family and the holidays and all that jazz. Mr. Paul Murphy will be back. I don't know if it'll be in time for next episode or if he'll be back in the new year, but he will be back. Q Money, you were an absolute pleasure to have on. I really enjoyed our talk. I think I've gotten a lot of this conversation. I hope you have as well. Um, awesome. And everybody listening at home, have a happy, 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 healthy, and safe holiday. We will see you all in the new year. Bye bye. Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War Down Under and Art of War Unbroken on the competitive 40K network. The Art of War 40K.com.